Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Great, great is His faithfulness. God bless you, family. We love you so much. We miss you so much. This is the day that the Lord has made. Isn't it so good to be worshiping Him together? Hello to all of our Chicago family and our online family as well. I trust that right now your heart has already been strengthened just by entering into the presence of the Lord. And I'm so excited about what we're going to do. We're going to take an offering right now. And this is another way that we declare our love for God, our worship uh, of God as we give to him and we say thank you. You've been so faithful this week. Hasn't he been faithful this week? Hasn't he provided for uh, meals and for clothing? He continues to watch over us and to take care of us even in the midst of this crisis. Our God is a faithful, faithful father. And so as we go to worship the Lord right now, think about his love and think about his goodness Think about his faithfulness and then give to him. Make this a spiritual moment. Let this be, become a spiritual interaction between you and the Lord as you give. So let me, I'm going to lift my hands and come on, wherever you are, lift your hands right now. Father, we love you. We love you. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. What a good, good father you are. Hallelujah. What a faithful friend you are. The friend that sticks closer than a brother. And Lord, as we worship you from our respective homes, different places, some people are at work right now. Some people might be uh, uh, um, in an office or even in a car, but nonetheless, Lord, we are together in the spirit. We are united as we set our hearts upon you and as we look to you and as we declare, oh God, our gratitude, our thankfulness, Lord, for the way you take care of us. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, would you bless this offering right now? Would you use it to further your kingdom? Would you use it, Lord, to impact the multitudes? Lord, and would it bring great pleasure to you as we declare our trust, our hope, our faith, our dependence upon you. Bless this offering. Bless everyone as they give. Bless everyone as they pray. Lord, if there's anyone who's, who's going through it financially, and there are many people who are not working right now, we thank you that the heavens can open up right now. And God, we ask, open up the heavens, pour down your, your resources, your provision, oh God, whatever is needed, oh God. God, we ask that you would meet every need by your mighty power according to your riches and glory. Bless this moment. Bless every heart, Lord, with the peace of knowing that you are the one who takes care of us. We thank you. We praise you. We love you so much from the bottom of our hearts. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said aloud and a strong amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you, everyone. And I'm so excited to, um, for this moment where we're going to begin to share um, from God's word. And what I want to do today is I want to ask you to go back with me 18 years when, to when the Chicago Tabernacle was born. And part of the reason is that um, I, I've, I've had some kind of pastoral flashbacks. So when we first started our church and we didn't have buildings and we didn't have uh, all of the people, we were just a handful of people, um, in our home, in our basement, we had a wall that had chalk paint on it. And we had our first leaders meeting with about maybe 10 people. And the first question that I asked our leaders was, um, what should be on a good leader's mind, right? Like what should, what are the things that should preoccupy a good leader's mind? And it's basically two, and it's never really changed. What should be on a good leader's mind is God and the people, okay? And I taught them how what is on your mind ends up in your heart. And what should be the focus of, of our thoughts as leaders, I'm talking about the pastors right now. I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about my wife. I'm talking about all of the people that lead this church. What should be on our minds is what pleases God and how do we serve and bless the people. And it, as I said, it sinks in. And I want to begin this moment by declaring, listen, you're in our minds and you're in our hearts. You are on our minds and you're in our hearts and we're praying for you and we're, we're fighting in the spirit for you. We are believing God for you. In a moment, I'm going to be joining together in prayer as we begin this message. We're actually going to be uh, 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 starting a series in a, in a few moments. And I'm going to be joining together with all of the leaders of this church for you. But as I thought about that over the last couple of weeks, one of the things that I've been asking myself is, because I think about you, is how are the people doing? How are the sheep doing? Are they privately healthy? Are they strong? Are they worshiping in their homes? Are they singing to God? Are they, are they meeting God? These are the things that are, are crossing our minds. And quite frankly, one of the things that I ask myself is, have we done a good job at preparing you for times like these, for seasons like this? Listen, the Bible, the, the, the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 12, the Bible says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be shocked by the pressures. Don't be shocked by the hardships and the difficulties. And so one of the questions I keep asking myself is, are you ready? And so we're going to be starting a series, a five-week series titled, Are You Ready? 
And we're going to be addressing five core questions to help us discern our battle readiness. In other words, as we are here on a, on a wartime footing, so to speak, we need to be ready to deal with the stresses and the rigors and the hardship of these days. Our God is an awesome God. On Christ the solid rock, we stand. Amen? Well, are you really walking in that? Are you really living that? Listen to this. The Navy SEALs have a saying, okay? They say, you don't rise to the occasion. You know, a lot of people say that. You don't rise to the occasion. You sink to your level of training. You don't rise to your occasion. You sink to your level of training. And Paul said to Timothy, you have to train yourself to be godly. And so these next five weeks are going to be all about training, all about developing ourselves so that we can stand strong. It's very, very important to us that you would be able to stand. And I want to pray, brothers and sisters, and I want to ask God that something powerful will happen. You know what I started praying in my office, in my home? I started praying, Lord, no dropouts, no drop-offs. No one in the name of Jesus is going AWOL. No one in the name of Jesus, we are going to stand strong. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be victorious. We're going to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So in, in the spirit, I join with all of the shepherds of this church. In the spirit, I join with the deacons of this church. I join with the staff of this church. I join with the, the, the leaders of this church, uh, leaders of small groups, of our becoming groups. We join together right now, and I want you to join with me. Even before I read the, the text of the day, and I want to pray, Lord, no one drops out. No one is going to get picked off. We're going to get ready. We're going to get ready to stand strong and to bring you glory, even in the most challenging of days. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we've had a, a wonderful service thus far, but now, God, I ask that you would release your powerful spirit all across the globe. Release it, Lord, into homes on all of the continents, Lord, wherever someone dials in, Lord. God, release your spirit and do a deep work in all of our hearts. God, we want to be ready. We want to be ready, God. We want to be strong. We want to be able, oh God, to be conquerors through Christ Jesus. So, Father, would you bless this word, Lord, and would you bless this series? And, Father, would you bless your people all across Chicago, all across America, all across the globe? God, I pray for our church, and I pray for churches on the, on the East Coast and the West Coast, Lord, in the North and the South, all over the world. Strengthen your people, oh God. We can stand in you, Lord, because on Christ the solid rock I stand. So bless this word now by your mighty power. We love you and we trust you to do it. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, so as I said, we're going to be asking five questions so that we can discern our battle readiness because this really is a season of battle, a season of war. And the first question, which is the title of, our, uh, of this message is, are you on top of your thoughts? 
Are you on top of your thoughts or are your thoughts on top of you? And what I want to do is I want to give you a visual association. Okay, every time in the days ahead that you pick up your phone, when your phone is someplace and you pick it up, you put your hand on top of that phone. And when you put your hand on top of that phone, I want you to remember that God has called you to be on top of your thoughts and your thoughts are not on top of you. This is your tool. Okay, you're not the, the pawn of this, of this phone. This is your tool. This could be a tool of distraction. This could be a tool of discouragement. This can actually be a tool of defeat. But in the name of Jesus, we are taking charge of our thoughts. You have to get on top of your thoughts if you're going to be led by God and if you're going to be victorious in God, if you're going to walk in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And so listen, remember, every time you touch your phone, it means I'm in control of my thoughts. Brothers and sisters, we must manage our thought life. And the apostle Paul talks about this. Look at what Blaise Pascal said. He said, man's sensitivity to trivia and insensitivity to matters of major importance reveal that he has a strange disorder. Our sinful nature, our fallen nature is more drawn to the unimportant things than the important things. And if we don't get on top of our thoughts, we are led by all of the things that really don't matter. But you can't walk in victory that, that, that way. You have to manage your thoughts. And therefore, we're going to learn from the Apostle Paul as he trains the Philippian church. I want you to turn in your Bible to Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read a couple of verses with emphasis. Because here he's teaching this church, these people that he loved, how to get on top of their thoughts and on top of their emotions. In fact, before I read, you should ask yourself, what kind of week have you had? Have your thoughts been like a storm? Have your emotions been stormy? Or have you been led and controlled by the peace of God? Watch this. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 8. And I've got a, 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 some words bold. I want to read those first so that you could see the connection that Paul is making. Finally, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. Okay? Finally, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, here's, let's read it. Finally, brothers and sisters, this is for all of us. This is for all of us. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure and lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Exercise these things every day, all day, and the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. So what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that we can manage our thoughts. We can be in charge of what we're letting into our minds. Now, 
Um, let, me, let me just make a couple of important kind of real natural, uh, uh, um, lay out some natural truths. God made our brain a certain way. Your brain is your instrument of thinking and processing. And God made our brain a certain way. The, the, uh, the doctors call it neuroplastic. That means that our brain can be shaped and remolded over and over again. Look at what uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf says in her book, uh, Switch on Your Brain. Neuroplasticity means the brain is malleable and adaptable, changing moment by moment of every day. Scientists see the brain as, as having renewable ca uh, characteristics. The fact that the brain is plastic and can actually be changed by the mind gives tangible hope to everyone, no matter what the circumstances are. Now, here's what it means. It means that your mind can be reshaped. Your thoughts can be reshaped. Your mind today doesn't have to be your mind tomorrow. You can be in depression and darkness today. You could have a, you could have negative thoughts. You could feel defeated today, but it doesn't have to be like that tomorrow. You can wake up on top of your thoughts. You can be in charge of your thoughts. God made us so that we can continually learn and change and grow. In other words, listen, you know that saying, uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's not true. The scientists prove that that's not true. The key is you just have to be a teachable dog. You have to have the humility and the hunger that says, Lord, I want to learn and I want to change and I want to grow. And so here's what the Apostle Paul does. What the Apostle Paul does is he gives us four categories of focus in this passage of Scripture. Now, he, it is a list, but it's not a specific list. It's a categorical list. And I want to walk through this list so that we could see where God wants our thoughts to roam. There's a space for our thoughts to roam, and we could be blessed and grow and encouraged. But there are certain places that our thoughts just don't belong. In other words, listen, before I get into this, brothers and sisters, if you have had a horrendous week, circumstances can be very, very difficult. But God promises to keep in perfect peace all of those whose minds are stayed on him. You cannot shape your circumstances, but you can shape your thoughts. And as you shape your thoughts with the word of God, you can find yourself in an amazing state of peace. That's the promise. So let's begin to walk through these. Here are the four categories, and these are very, very powerful, very, very important. And here's what we need to do. What we need to do is we have to embrace these four categories, okay? In, in, as we go to take in information, we have to embrace these categories so that if it doesn't land in one of these categories, we don't want it in our mind and in our hearts, and here they are, okay? All of our thoughts can be shaped for the good towards peace in these four categories. There are thoughts that shape your faith. There are thoughts that shape your motives, thoughts that shape your morals, and thoughts that shape your pursuits. Let's say that together. Faith, motives, morals, 
pursuits. One more time, faith, motives, morals, pursuits. When was the last time you thought about your motives, your morals, your pursuits? You should think about your faith often. I hope you are. Faith, motives, morals, pursuits. Let's walk through this now and and see what the Apostle Paul is saying to us. So first of all, he says, finally. Now, finally means from now on. That's why we had that word in bold. Finally means from this day forward, from this moment forward. When Paul said, finally, brothers and sisters, he's not talking about yesterday. He's not talking about the past. Here's what he's saying from now on. Everybody say from now on. This is what he's saying. From now on, I want you to focus on these four categories. And the first category is make sure that you're focusing on what's true because those things that are true are what shape your faith. We have to focus on what's true. Not what's a lie, but what's true. Now, we all know that the truth begins with the word of God. So listen, it's impossible to be a strong Christian if you're not constantly filling yourself with the word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. If you want to please God, you got to be full of the word of God because the word of God makes you the kind of person that lives and responds and reacts by faith. So listen, take it in and learn it. And I recognize that's that's two different things. So you might say, you know, Pastor Toledo, I don't know the Bible like you do. I didn't go to Bible school. I don't have a a big library like you do. That doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. If you take it in, he will begin to teach you. That's the promise. And yes, there are books and there are study Bibles and you should invest in a study Bible and all of those types of things. But just remember, great is his faithfulness. We just sang it. When you read the word of God, the Holy Spirit will begin to teach you. Put it in and you will start to learn it. The truth is what sets us free. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the first thing is you got to get full of the word. Please put the word as a priority in your life. uh, Read your Bible every day. How many times have I said that to our church family? Read your Bible every day. Every day, read your Bible. Reading the Bible first and foremost cuts off so much trouble every single day. And so there are thoughts that shape our faith and they always have to be based on God's word, the truth. Now let me say a little bit more about this though. Another thing that's true are facts. Okay, it's important. We can't live in denial. We're living in a, in a very difficult day, a difficult time. And so we watch the news, we're taking in the decisions that leaders are making. And you know what, there are certain things that are facts. But as believers, please listen closely, as believers, we only allow our hearts, our minds, our emotions to be shaped by the truth. So can I give you a piece of advice? All right, don't get swept up by conspiracies. 
Don't get swept up by political positions. Don't get swept up by all of these things that people are saying. Some of it may be true. Some of it may not be true. But regardless of those things, we cannot be stirred by the issues of the world. We have to be stirred by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Let the Word of God be what builds you up and what stirs you, not the, this world or the issues of this world. Look, we are praying about how we are going to respond to these days. How are we going to respond to, to the, the, our government and, and the restrictions that are put on the church? And listen, we will respond in a godly way. We will respond in a biblical way, in an honoring way, because our guide is the word of God. And so brothers and sisters, I can't overestimate the impact and the value of you sitting down and reading your Bible today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and every day. The same way you drink water, drink in the word of God because it will shape your faith. I hope somebody's saying amen to that right now. It will shape your faith. May the word of God, may the spirit of God be what stirs us. Then secondly, the second category, he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble and right. These are thoughts that shape our motives. Motives are important. If you're motivated by the wrong things and for the wrong reasons, it, your motives will derail you. And you've got to look at what is motivating your life. I don't know if you heard about it this week, but there was a kid in Albuquerque who found $135,000 cash in a bag right next to an ATM, okay? You should ask yourself, what would you do if you walked up to an ATM and found $135,000 cash? Look at this. This was all over the news. The young man's... Uh, uh, a name was Nunez, and listen to what he said. He said that as he stared at the cash, waiting for police officers to arrive, he could hear the lessons of his parents in his head. This is powerful. He said, my parents always taught me to work for my own. Stolen money would never last you any time. And so here is this young man looking. And if you read the article, he was like, this is crazy. Is there a camera on me? Is this some kind of trick? But when he came right down to it, he thought about the teachings of his parents and what motivated him were the things that were deep inside of him. Whatever is noble, whatever is right. Are you motivated by what's noble and what's right? I guarantee you it will cause you and lead you to the God of peace. If you perceive, pursue things that are not wrong, things that are wrong will not lead you into peace. Things that are noble will not lead you into peace. But it's simple. What an amazing, beautiful uh, uh, decision that he made. He was like, that doesn't belong to me. And I don't want it. I don't want it. You want peace? You want the God of peace? Say, Lord, I only want what you want for me. I don't need anything else because you're my provider. What an amazing question to ask yourself. I know some of you are going to be thinking about that all day. What would you do if you found $135,000? Here's what we ought to do. We ought to give it back. 
because it's noble and because it's right. And let me tell you, when you're, when you're, moral, when you're motivated by the good stuff, things go well. It's easy to avoid the traps of the enemy when your motivations are right. That's why Paul said this. Let's go to category three. So there's thoughts that shape our faith, the word of God. There's thoughts that shape our motives, whatever is noble and whatever is right. You see, now remember, remember when you pick this up and you're being bombarded by the world, you're, you are the one who's on top and in control of your thoughts saying, if it's not noble and if it's not right, I don't want to drink this in. We're going to close with that particular principle. But I want to make this clear. We, are you on top of your thoughts? Right? So category number three says, he says this, look, focus from now on, think about, calculate. By the way, think about such things means to calculate, okay, to decide, to make it your logic structure. Okay? So thoughts, there are thoughts. Category three is thoughts that shape our morals. He says, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Not everything that attracts you is beautiful to God. And what we need to do, brothers and sisters, is let God be the judge of what's beautiful. If God says it's beautiful, if God says it's pure and lovely, then take it in. But if he doesn't say that that's beautiful and lovely, then we need to reject that in the name of Jesus. Look, a woman can be beautiful, a man can be handsome, right? Absolutely. But, talking about this whole issue of pornography, which statistics say that pornography is going through the roof right now. People are resorting to escapism and they're resorting to pornography. But listen, a, a woman may be beautiful, a man may be handsome, but looking on their naked bodies is unpure. That's not beautiful to God. And if it's not beautiful to God, it's not good for you. Plain and simple. You want the God of peace? Don't look at that trash. Don't look at that nonsense. Don't let this get on top of you in the name of Jesus. Okay? The God of peace is with you. You can turn that thing off. And you can say, I will not let that garbage inside of my heart. Don't tell me that pornography is okay. If pornography, if pornography is okay, why does it destroy so many marriages? Why does it wreck young men who say they can't even exercise their natural desires? It's because it's demonic and destructive. There's nothing beautiful. There's nothing creative or artistic about it. Here's another thing. Guys, you know I got to go after the stuff today, right? Here's another thing. Let's take the news and let's take politics. I talk about this a lot because I've noticed that Christians get swayed by politicians. I want you to think about something, okay? The Bible says, whatever is pure and lovely, whatever is noble and right and true. Have you noticed that, that I've seen this in the last, I don't know how many years, that politicians now have lost a sense of dignity, a sense of, of uh, sophistication, where they are called, they're labeling each other and calling each other these horrible names. This is in the political arena. These are the lawmakers. These are the leaders of the land. 
and they, they label each other, they say terrible things, and, and the news is, is on the bandwagon. And so guess what? When leaders label each other and when they say all of these negative things, then guess what? Like priests, like people, then the people start doing the same. And I literally have been in the room where I have heard Christians say horrible things about somebody else, a human being made in the image of God. You don't have to agree. Uh, uh, you don't have to agree with everyone that, you could, that you're respectful to. Come on, guys. We can love everybody. We can serve everybody. That's the call of God. And listen, if you're, if you're getting so angry, here's my question. Here's my question sometimes. If your position is so right, why do you have to get so ungodly to communicate it? But you know, for me as a pastor, I know the Bible says don't trust in princes. That's, the politics is not the issue. I'm responsible for your well-being. I'm responsible for how you're doing in God. And what I'm telling you is don't open the door to the enemy because if you let the enemy in, you're letting the enemy in. So don't allow anything if it's not beautiful to God. How many would say amen? Go ahead, go ahead. All of my political junkies, I want you to push out that amen right now. Say amen, pastor. I want to be shaped by what's pure and what's lovely. You know, if you do a study on serial killers, you do a, a study on, on the Columbine shooters, one of the things that you're going to notice is that they were marked by an incredible intake of dark things, dark music, dark movies, dark this, dark that. And listen, if you fill yourself with darkness then darkness is what comes out. Here's the last thing I'll say about this. You may be free to fill yourself with filth, but you'll never be free of what you fill yourself with. You fill yourself with ugly, dark things. Darkness is going to be what shapes your brain and your life. We love you so much. Jesus loves you so much. He is the God of peace. And he promises to keep us in perfect peace. But from now on, we need to think on these things. These are the things that we need to be focusing on. Here's the last, here's the last uh, category that the Apostle Paul gave us. The last category is thoughts that shape our pursuits. He says, so watch, whatever is true, whatever is noble and right, whatever is uh, pure and lovely, whatever is admirable, we have excellent or praiseworthy. Whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. We become what we focus on. If you focus on the lowest common denominator, if you focus on the least, okay, that's what you become. But he's saying, no, focus, 
Let your pursuits be focused on the highest and best, those things which bring praise to God and those things which bring honor to God. You become what you focus on. Let's focus on, letting, on having our lives bring God praise. So look, even, even uh, during the COVID crisis, focus on being productive. Focus on learning something new. Learn something new. Show your family the new thing that you learned so that they can look at it and say, man, that's awesome. That's great. Something praiseworthy. And some, instead of something that is just mind-numbing and escaping. I'm talking to you as your shepherd today with deep, deep love in my heart. I'm telling you right now, the word of God is true. And no matter what we are going through, church history, the great cloud of witnesses show us that the God of peace wants to be near us. But we have to focus on the right things. In fact, the way we have it, we have to embrace the right categories. You know, we are coming, coming close to the, days, to the day when Jesus comes back. My wife and I were talking about this. We're ready. We want to go home. And how many want to go home and see Jesus? He's coming soon. Hallelujah. He's coming soon. He's going to keep you until he returns for you. He'll be, he'll be your shield about you, your glory and the lifter of your head. But you got to keep your mind on him. So those are the four categories for us in order for us to stay on top. Are you on top of your thoughts or are your thoughts on top of you? Have you been derailed? Has, has your soul been tossed? Well, in the name of Jesus, we're putting Jesus back on the throne from now on. We're putting Jesus back on the throne of our hearts and in control of our minds. Now I'm going to have the musicians come and I want to say kind of a last closing point, which is, which is important. So not only do we have to embrace our, the, the right categories, but we also have to filter our adversaries. Everybody say filter. Okay, here it is. Filter. Don't let everything comes in, come into you that wants to come at you through this machine, this computer. Don't allow it. You are in charge. You are in charge of your thoughts. You can be on top of your thoughts by the grace of God, by the word of God, by the spirit of the living God. You don't have to be a slave to what's coming at you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we have to filter our adversaries, and here's what I mean by this. We have to think of certain thoughts as potential enemies to God's nearness and peace. Can I say that one more time? We have to think of certain thoughts, which have to be filtered, okay, as potential enemies to God's nearness and peace. And so the enemy has schemes. Tactically speaking, he he uh, uh, uses what I'll call the tactic of bombardment. Bombardment means just bombs falling on you, right? Well, this past week, I had the privilege of talking to a young man on the West Coast. 
and I sought him out because um, he's actually right now undergoing officer training, and he's training to become a fighter pilot. So part of the, part of the reason why I sought him out is because um, I always marvel at the incredible pressure that a fighter pilot is under. I mean, going at incredible speeds, um, when they're in, in times of war, when they're seeing action, all of these things are happening and they have a mission to execute. We're talking about one of the hardest jobs on the planet, in my mind. And so anyway, I, I, I got a hold of uh, uh, this young man and it was just so powerful. I asked him to tell me about his training. Listen closely. I said, so tell me, how do they train you to become a fighter pilot? Well, he said, well, the main goal of officer training, because you're called not just to lead yourself, but to lead your people. He said, the main goal of officer training is to teach you how to think under pressure and how to execute under pressure. So what they do is they put you in these endless stressful scenarios. They work you out in 100-degree weather, and at the end of a long day, 13, 14, 15 hours of you working out, and they, what they do is they bombard you with noise. They're yelling at you. They're cursing at you. They're screaming at you, and then they're, they're distracting you with all sorts of visual things, and they're asking you right now, tell me, what is your mission? What are the procedures? Remember the exact procedures, and you have to keep your cool and do exactly what you've been taught to do and what you've been taught to do. They are bombarding the officers so that they can handle the stress. Well, you know what? That's Satan's tactic for you too. If you get bombarded, if you got bombarded this week, well, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if he hit you from the left, from the left and then from the right. Don't be surprised if, if things were coming at you from everywhere. But listen, you can stay in perfect peace if you stay focused on the Lord. And so we have to remember, I want to I um, do a couple of, uh, I want to do a little throwback here. A while ago, I did a series called Spiritual Alignment. And boy, I've been watching this over and over again in my neighborhood. And when we talked about the Spiritual Alignment series, we talked about the fact how the enemy, he is just like, the Amazon guy who keeps dropping packages at your front door, okay? And we call them fear packages. Everybody remember fear packages? If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I want to encourage you to go and listen to the Spiritual Alignment series. But we talked about how just because a package is dropped off at your front door doesn't mean you have to let it into your house. So don't let in those fear packages. You have to kick them off the stoop. You have to renounce deep to receive deep. When you renounce what the enemy is throwing at you, then you can receive what God wants to give you. So send the garbage back. Send it back. Don't let it in. Stay on top of your thoughts. Don't let it in in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, 
The enemy will have you thinking that the reason you're so down and you're so out and you want to quit and, and you don't want to be near the people of God and you don't want the Bible, he'll have you thinking that it's because of all of the things that are happening. He'll tell you that God is unfaithful. He'll tell you that terrible things are going to happen. But in the name of Jesus, renounce every fear package and say, no, the God of peace wants to be near me. Here's another thing that I heard. I want you to look at this. Another way to look at this is we need to kill the ants. What are ants? Ants are automatic negative thoughts. Automatic negative thoughts. So these negative things come into, I can't, I never will. You know how many times, when you think about how many negative words can come out of your mouth in one day, it's shocking. We say all the time, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, says who? Because my Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is able by his mighty power to cause us to live, to rise above our circumstances. I want to go back just for a second before we close. Let's go back to the $135,000. Okay? I was talking to... <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, friend. And when I told them about it, I literally watched them go like this. Oh, <laughs> like no way. I can't believe they gave that money back. What would you do? If you feel like, Lord, I probably would have taken that money and paid this bill and ran over here and hit it over there and did it this way and did it that way. If that's you, guess what you could say right now? Lord, I don't even want to imagine that. I renounce and reject that in the name of Jesus. I'd rather say today, I'm thankful that you're the God who takes care of me. You're the God who takes care of me. I trust you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful today. Your back might be up against the wall, but I want you to say, my God is a faithful God. The pressure may be um, falling down on you. It may be raining down on you, but I want you to lift your hands and say, my God is a faithful God. Great is his faithfulness to me. I want to especially pray in a few moments for people who've been dropping off. I want to pray for all of us, but I especially want to pray for people who've been dragged into all the wrong categories. I literally want to pray for people who've been battling with pornography this week. I want to pray for people who've been battling with depression this week. People who've given in to anger. People who've given in to watching dirty, foolish, ungodly movies. People who don't want to pick up the phone. Listen, when a brother calls you, when a sister calls you, Pick up the phone. When a Christian calls you, pick up the phone in the name of Jesus. Stop letting the devil keep you in prison. Pick that phone up and receive the encouragement of God. In fact, if you're not doing well today, call somebody that you know is doing well in the Lord. No drop-offs. No dropouts. God wants to get us back on post. Maybe some bitterness has been coming into your spirit because of these days, because of politics, because of your job. God wants to release his sweet peace into your soul. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the singers would come. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Spirit of God is able to minister right now. If you invite the Spirit of God into your mind, into your heart, into the room, into your marriage, He's able to bring peace. We can put our faith in the Lord right now, and He's able to bring fee, uh, a peace. We can put our faith in Him. Say, God, I put my faith in you. Hallelujah. We're going to worship in just one moment. But Lord, I stand with all the leaders of this church. God, you said whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. You said whatever is loosed on earth would be loosed in heaven. God, loose your peace over every household right now. Loose your peace over every heart and over every mind. God, bring a calm, bring a clarity, bring a harmony. Lord, let your spirit come in and bring clarity where there's been confusion, oh God. God, bring joy, oh God, where there's been depression in the name of Jesus. God, put courage, oh God, in the heart that's been discouraged. Put it in their heart, put it in their spirit, oh God. The word that says, I can do all things. I can stand up. I can, I can walk again. I can love again. I can move for the glory of God again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, everyone. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation. i 
Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Now listen, we're going to close in prayer right now. But here's how I want to pray. Remember, the Apostle Paul said, you have to put these things into practice. I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to help you find a way to embrace whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent, admirable, praiseworthy. Maybe you need to journal about it. Maybe you need to sit down and write a list of the things that you know you need to be filtering out of your life instead of letting in your life. We need to put this into practice. He said, whatever you've heard from me, whatever you've seen in me, okay, whatever you've received from me, put it into practice. This whole series is going to be about, about things that we've talked about before. Well, this is a very important reminder. You have to put this into practice. Find people to connect with. We have becoming groups at this church. And even though we're separated physically, you can still join a becoming group. Today, if you've isolated yourself, do you know that isolation is part of the enemy's tactic? Join a becoming group. Let people speak into your life. Let them speak over your life. Let them pray over your life. Let them share the testimonies and the goodness and the glory and power of God. Let them teach you what the Lord has taught them. Do something. Act. Put it into practice. The Holy Spirit is going to teach us because no one is leaving their post. No one is dropping out in the name of Jesus. So could we pray, look, put your, reach out your hand towards the screen. Because at this point, you're not just praying for yourself, you're praying for the body of Christ right now. Okay, and the Bible says when we touch and agree, well, we touch and agree on Jesus from heaven, he honors it by his mighty power. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help us, oh God, from now on, Lord, Help us to think on the right things, to embrace the right categories. Help us to filter out the, the, the tactics of the enemy, Lord Jesus. God, give us the composure, Lord. Train us, teach us, show us how to be godly, oh God. Remind us, Lord, that we're soldiers. We're officers in your army. So God, I pray for holy, godly, decisive action in the mighty name of Jesus. From now on, God, may your people be on top of their thoughts. May the people of God walk in the peace of God because they are on top of their thoughts. Their thoughts are not on top of them. And so we thank you for the victory that is found in Christ Jesus. We declare that victory over every home. We declare that victory over every mind and every heart in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. God, we thank you. Even in these days, we thank you for the days ahead. Opportunities to praise you. Opportunities to bless and encourage one another. Opportunities to do something, oh God, that brings you glory and honor and praise. 
So we thank you. Bless all of your people now as we agree. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Be sure to take action as soon as you can. We'll see you on Tuesday. God bless you.